Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at four games here on Thursday night. Not that much to choose from, but we do have a couple game videos for you and our player props. As always, in this video, we're taking a look at the Clips. They are in Golden State taking on those dubs. I'll also have another game in the Eastern Conference up for you guys and those player props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of our great written content up there as the NBA is in full swing up there. And use that odds finder tool that we have for you guys. Make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all those U.S. sports books giving you guys bets this season. Season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this little four-game slate and then talk about dubs and clips. Yeah, and there's some big injuries to monitor, which is why we're talking about these two games in specific. Um, that first one being Toronto minus two at Washington. And then you got Philly plus four at Dallas. And Bede sat last night, and maybe it's in preparation to play tonight. Maybe he misses another game, so that could certainly affect that. And then the Pacers are minus five at the Spurs with Halliburton legitimately questionable. Uh, Spurs actually won a game for the first time in, in weeks, but otherwise uh, you'd expect them to, to lose another one. And Hello, then this game, <laughs> yeah, the Clippers minus three and a half at the Warriors. Total is 232, and that is where I look first. Um, maybe I'm scarred by thinking the Clippers were going to continue their underways after adding Russ Westbrook last Friday, and they had that ridiculous game at Sacramento. Um, and, and now, yeah, I'm just seeing a faster-paced team um, that is going to push the pace and that the Warriors are happy to play at that type of pace at home. I know their last three home games have gone under. It was against Portland on a back-to-back with Lillard due for some regression. It was against Houston and Minnesota. Um not at all impressed by those offenses. You look back at the previous four. I mean, they did go under with the Lakers, but you know, Washington, OKC, these games were going way over. Um, and it's just, I, I, I still think the Clippers are an extremely efficient offense, even though in this small sample size, the last two games with Russ, they've struggled a bit. I mean, 116 offensive rating in general with, with him, but a 104 pace, and they're scoring 133 a game. That is skewed, yes, by the Sacramento game. They're scoring 112 in the other two. Uh, but in regulation against Denver, we're talking about a 239 total in Denver. Uh, I actually have more respect for what Denver can do defensively than the Warriors at home. And, and I, I know there's some really notable splits on both sides of the ball for the Warriors, but they also score more at home. They're also, yeah, they, they're far more... Productive, they're willing to push the pace. Um, even at a 96 pace, the last time these teams met, we totaled 258. Uh, the Clippers, not, 129 defensive rating. The Warriors, 139. No Andrew Wiggins. That's going to hurt your defense against Kawhi, who is still you know, scoring at such a ridiculous clip. 132 offensive rating, 33 points per game in three with Russ. So it's not like he's necessarily mucking up what Kawhi can do. PG also 27 points per game, shooting 40% from three. It's a, it's a little bit of a growing process for, for T. Lou and, and the gang to integrate Westbrook because he does like to have the ball in his hands and, and push the pace. But I think they'll continue to figure it out. Uh, I'm not really interested in, in saying they're going to figure it out and get the win here. Uh, I think I'd be a little more interested in the Warriors as underdogs at home. But I actually like the over here. 
And uh, I, I, more than anything, and I know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna disagree with me here. So let's hear the counterpoint. Yep. Yeah, there's plenty of counterpoints. One, there's two quick ones uh, to just a quick couple corrections to what you were saying. They did go to overtime, the Clippers versus Denver in that game that reached 258. That's right, um, man. It was 239 before overtime. It was. I was gonna mention that as well, but you got to it first. <laughs> and then the other thing I would mention is in those games you were talking about for the Dubs, where they're just going over, you know, and and, and those games are going in the 250s and 60s. Uh, a man named Wardell Stephen Curry was playing in those two games. Uh, so that helped them a ton. That was when also he went didn't say that. that the last game was at LAC right before the break. No Steph. Right. right. But then before that, Washington and OKC going over. I'm just saying that was Steph as well. I think the thing that I'm talking about here and why I like it is I'm taking I'm just I'm just throwing that Kings game in the trash, just crumpled up and gone. Like I'm not concerned about it. Right. So that fun anomaly that God gave us on a random February day in the NBA Fine, like we'll take it, but I'm not going to use it necessarily. I, I do agree the pace is faster. Look, it's Russ's Russ Westbrook is in, is is a, a magnet. He he's a stronger gravitational pull than most NBA players. When he comes to your team, you're probably going to uh, resemble his style of play a lot more than before he got there. Um, which is the case of of Russ being here. Uh, that pace, like I said, throwing away that thir- that first game he played against the Kings, just the last two, 102 pace, uh, definitely faster. Seventh most uh, fast break points as opposed to uh, ninth fewest. Sixth most points off of turnovers as opposed to seventh fewest. Uh, their opponents are getting you know points off of their turnovers as well, which is what happens when you have Russ. They get more assists because Russ loves those stats, um, and they love you know, and they're getting to the free throw line a bit more because Russ loves to just run into people and, and get that going. The effect on on the rest of the team has been that the starting lineup that has been one of the best all season when Kawhi and Paul George are in there is now one of the worst. Uh, and I know it's a two game sample size, but that's what I'm going on. And I, I, we've been saying, why is Russell Westbrook coming to this team since before he got here? We were like, no, 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 no. And then they did it. And we're all just watching what we predicted happen. All the, the nerds that we, we all consider ourselves, whatever the, the five starters of this team now have the worst on off court rating of their, of anybody the, the the bench is back to being way better than the starters. Um, and the bench has been good all season, but when the, when the bench has to be better than the stars, it's because the clips don't have one of Kawhi or Paul Georgian. They have them both on the floor right now with Russ and they can't get better than a hundred offensive rating with most of the lineups that they try with him and, and those two guys. So, um, you know, in this situation, the reason that I, I also like under is the dubs at home. And I believe in, in what they've been doing and not doing necessarily in their last few games. I haven't liked the offense at all. It's just clay, please bail us out. Um, and in, in the last, you know, or, or we're playing Houston. Um, that's basically the, the two options that you have here. Clay bail us out or we're playing Houston um, or Dante DiVincenzo as well, trying and, and help bail us out. But they've been winning on the strength of defense against, I agree, worse offenses. Um, but the fact that they're keeping a game with Portland <clears throat> that low as well is like, come on, man, like that team doesn't play D at all. And you're still, you know, you're, you're still giving up everything, you know, game shooting. He regressed, like you said, but like at the end of the day that this offense for, for the Clippers is so muddled uh, that I'm not really sure where they're supposed to be. Russ kind of gets in the way, obviously um, the defense at home for the dubs is everything. It's much different uh, than when it's there on the road, 109 defensive rating at home versus the 127.7 on the road. This is all over their last 10 games and is pretty consistent for the whole season they're giving up 53 percent from the field on the uh, uh on the road versus at home 46 percent 44 percent from deep they're giving up 29 free throws on the road right now like what 
how every game on the road, you give up 29 free throws as opposed to 22 at home as well. So, you know, when they're home dogs four and O against the spread, winning those games by an average of 10 points, covering the spread by like 13 points. Um, and they're and four to the over, uh, failing to cover that over by six and a half. I just think we, we, we need to really focus on what the dubs do at home and, and focus on that. They don't have Steph to help them get their offense going. Um, and obviously Wiggs helps that as well. So I, I just don't feel as confident and the ability for, for them to necessarily get the points up. And I do believe in their defense uh, and the ability to limit LAC tonight. I think you make a lot of great points, but I just want to get petty and say you are incorrect. Steph did not play against OKC or Washington when the Dubs scored 141 and 135. That was right after he got injured again. Um, this is what you so saw your time doing while I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> they can definitely put up points without Steph Curry. I don't think that that's a huge concern. I, I just, yeah, I mean, and they scored 125 on Portland, did they not? Uh, I mean, so it, the the Clippers' defense has not been good at all the last um, couple weeks. It's really just been a, a case of playing at a slow pace. And now they're both playing at a fast pace, and they're inefficient defensively and efficient offensively. So I think the potential is definitely there for a high-scoring game. I think, but I, I do think you make some good points about the, how the Dubs have to win. I know you're going to dive into the Jordan Poole under in player props, I think there's a strong correlation there where I think if they go over, it's going to be because Poole is, has found his rhythm a little bit more because, yeah, I can't just depend on yeah. Clay to get his own shot. That's not necessarily his game. Uh, look, I'm taking Kawhi in player props. We're going to talk about this game a lot in that one. And so if you don't want to take one side or the other here, the total or or the uh, the, the spread, then we can just look at player props and, and have fun watching this late one. Yeah, I mean, neither of us are even trying to pick a winner. I, I don't feel confident betting uh, on the dubs, even, you know, just because even the games that they've won against lesser competition than the Clippers, they've really struggled to even do that, regardless of if they're at home or on the road. Um, I know some of those numbers, like their blowout against Portland, but I mean, they were down by like 15 points in double digits in both that game and the Minnesota Timberwolves game that, once again, they needed like a barrage of threes, uh, you know, in, in the waning minutes of, of the, the second half to, to be able to even pull that game out and cover uh, after a while as well. So I, I just don't like what I'm seeing from them. But as I consistently say as well, I would not bet on a Westbrook Clippers team right now with your money. So look, I do feel pretty good about the Raptors right now. Um, I mean, one five of six since integrating Pirtle, one three of four since getting OG back. And there's definitely some strong uh, indications that their games are going to continue to go under four straight unders with OG. Uh, allowing 104, just scoring 102. And last season, they went under in all three with Washington, allowing just 98 points per game. Their offense, not that impressive with 106 points. Both teams hitting about 10 threes per game at a low clip, pace of just 92. Uh, You look at the numbers since Pirtle got integrated here, they're second in second chance points allowed, eighth in paint points allowed, fifth in free throw attempts allowed. So just not giving up anything on the interior. They are still 25th in opponents, three point shooting. That's for the entire, uh, or in that span. And they, and they have really poor field goal percentage over the entire season. Uh, but what they do is they limit the amount of field goals you get. They try to win the possession battle with turnovers, et cetera. And Washington's just not hitting from deep recently. I mean, they've come out of the break really cold scoring one Oh three, a game shooting 33% from deep, um, uh, yeah, they're they're fourth fewest free throw attempts where they are scoring is in the interior. Uh, I mean, fifth highest percentage of points off twos in that span. 
They just beat Atlanta because they had 71% of their points on two-point field goals. They had 66 paint points. They only averaged 45 paint points at home this season. And, and like I just said, Toronto has a rim protector now. They're already pretty good on the perimeter uh, in, in terms of forcing you into some bad spots, forcing turnovers. Washington, by the way, has a high turnover rate, uh, allowing the six most points off turnovers in their last six. And that's an extremely key stat against the Raptors. They're also 28th in defensive rebounding rate. Uh, but both these teams don't get to the line, really, and they limit free throws. Definitely another uh, indication for an under. It seems like Washington needs extra rest to hit overs consistently. Like, they're 12-3 and three to the over when they get two days off. Uh, they're 20-11 and 11 to the under on the normal one day off, or 18-9 when they have equal rest. So... I mean, 222 is a little low for today's NBA, but I think the way the Raptors are playing right now, there's definitely a correlation to them winning and uh, keeping it under. Uh, I think I lead slightly more towards just saying Raps to win because totals are a little volatile right now in this offense NBA. But I I think Toronto's really rounding in form and pushing for that playoff spot. And Washington is kind of uh, sliding out. Yeah. I'm not ready to fade the the Wizards only, you know, entirely only because um, every time I do, then they win. And every time I think they're going to win, they lose. Um, my three least favorite teams to bet on this season are the Raptors, the Wizards, and the Bulls, to be honest with you. Um, the Heat are in there, but sometimes they become a little bit more predictable. With these two teams, what I love predicting is an under as well, to be honest. Um, I, I do feel uh, pretty good about that. I know it's low in today's NBA, as we say, but um, you look at what these two teams are doing as of late. You combine that with what they do when they play each other. Um, You combine that with how good they are at stopping what the other team wants to do specifically and how limited they both are in what they can do offensively. Their their rosters are constructed in such a way that uh, the Raptors really need to rely on scrappiness, uh, fast break points, second chance points, uh, steals and points off turnovers and things of that nature. Like we talk about um, sort of the the Memphis Grizzlies of the East, if you will, uh, just without a John Morant. And, and, uh, and that, that's really, you know, what Washington can also stop. They've been limiting fast break points. Uh, Washington's also been, uh, you know, pretty good on defense uh, as of late uh, in the paint. Uh, and, you know, not that you really need it, limiting all the things that, uh, you know, op- opponents points off turnovers and second chance points. They're just limiting a lot of the stuff. And same for the uh, for the Raptors. I mean, they're, they're obviously, uh, in, in terms of opponent second chance points, they didn't used to be as good. Um, and then they got Jakob Pertl. And now they're a lot better at protecting the rim, at getting, you know, closing out the possession uh, and getting the rebound incidentally he's his rebound numbers have been pretty good um they've had a he's had a few weird games where he just doesn't board up uh like that last one against the bulls but he the the um the Raptors still won the rebound margin there in a game that they won because Pirtle's boxing out and allowing other guys like Siakam and Scotty Barnes and company to get rebounds. So I just, I love Pirtle being in there. Uh, I obviously sound a little bit salty because he disappointed me in our player props the other night, but he's been huge for them and I, I've been happy to talk about him. So um, the fact that they're now getting rebounds, limiting what the other team does since they've come back from the break, these two teams are playing at one, you know, a couple of the slowest paces in the league, 93 and a half for Washington, uh, second slowest, and then the Raps at 25th, uh, 
you know, slowest, whatever, however you want to say, fifth slowest. Um, they're they're playing at a 96 speed. So, you know, that, that pace is just really slow for today's NBA. I like that to continue. I know they haven't been playing very much. They've got a back-to-back here and then one more game the rest of the season uh, against each other as well. So three remaining, and they haven't played since last January. Um, but in their last three, you know, the totals have basically gone over uh, under 115 every single, or 215 every single time, um, you know, with, with a couple really even uglier games, 102 to 90 the game before that. So I, I know Kuz actually wasn't in there for a couple of those, and, and he's been obviously wildly helpful and still keeping it hot in the second half of this this season after the break. But uh, I, I just don't believe in, in in either of these teams' offenses, to be honest, right now. Uh, and, and I think that they both like to just keep it kind of gross uh, and grind it out to a win. So rather, I, I do think Toronto is the, the team to, to bet, you know, bet on the rest of the way. So that seems to be what I'm saying for this game as well, that I would take them. But I don't feel that level of confidence in it enough as nearly as much as I do to take under 222 tonight. Yeah, I mean, there is good reason for confidence in the under. Um, I just think that Toronto was missing OG so much uh, during that span where they were kind of inconsistent. It, it, it seemed to hurt Siakam's offense as well. He started to get hot right before OG came back. So now with those guys, you know, firing with the, with the extra rest after the break, Fred Van Fleet started to play a little bit better too. I think that this is a team that really benefits from that, that little uh, reset. And now they're looking pretty good. I mean, again, for the under though, like, yeah, Washington posts a good offensive rating in the clutch, but they're also the second slowest team in the clutch. So if, if it does wind up being a, a close game, you're not getting the free throw line that consistently with either of these teams not hitting threes and you're not playing that fast down the stretch. So that does indicate, yeah, we're, we're staying below 220, hopefully. Uh, but I, I think I, I like the Raptors. I'm trying to get ahead of the curve on that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you necessarily not to, because it's not like I believe in the Zards, but um, yeah, just the Raps haven't been beating good teams. They haven't beaten a team with uh, above 500 uh, since like February 2nd. <laughs> so uh, that's a little bit concerning, obviously, as they have rattled off a bunch of wins, but they're against the Rockets, Spurs, Pistons, Magic, Pellies, Pistons, get smacked by the Cavs <laughs> by 25 or 30. Yeah, and then, you know, lose, uh, beat to the Bulls by six in a slobber knocker. So in these, uh, these, these gross Eastern Conference middling team games, I do like to go under a bit more as well. So I think that's, that's definitely my favorite bet for tonight. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our first NBA play up prop for tonight, Mr. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, I like over in this Warriors-Clippers game. I at least like Kawhi to do his thing. Um, you know, 24 and a half points is his prop, and you're getting terrible odds on it. You could go up to 25 and a half and, and get better. Uh, same thing with the points and rebounds. It's like they're baiting you into everything except the, the three-pointers, where you're getting plus 135 for him to hit three. Intriguing there, but I mean... He's not a high-volume three-point shooter, although he did go 7-for-9 last time against the Warriors, had 33 points in that game. That's at home, and he tends to be better on the road this season. I mean, he's shooting, you know, his his incredible 55, like 60-50-90 splits that only Kawhi can put up. Um, Most of those are even better on the road. He has topped this scoring prop in eight of his last 10 road games, the exception being... At Phoenix, at Milwaukee, two excellent defensive teams. Uh, Phoenix, when they still have Mikel Bridges, of course. And even with those, he's averaging 28 with a 127 offensive rating, hitting about two and a half threes at 45%. And he's shooting 62% from three in three games with Westbrook, averaging 33 a game. Still a 132 offensive rating, still one of the most efficient scorers in the game. And it's not like Westbrook 
is is you know taking away from his opportunities. The usage rate is about the same, and I just think he'll cook tonight uh, with no Andrew Wiggins there to guard him either. Yeah, I mean this 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 is where I would lean if I'm taking somebody in this game. Um, I think Kawhi, like you said, has not been nearly as affected by Russ being there nearly as much as maybe Paul George. I mean, Paul George's usage rate is still way up. Um, and I think he's actually getting in with the second unit a little bit more and sort of running that. So it actually does, you know, allow Kawhi to remain with decent numbers when um, when Russ is on the floor. Although I did talk about in that game video how Russ is mucking up that offensive rating of the starting lineup, um, which scares me. And, but Kawhi is the guy right now that I think I feel a little bit more comfortable betting on in games as he's continuing to kind of take over the scoring uh, more so than than even P. G at this point who's doing a little bit more of the dirty work as well for for the stars but um, I'm going to go under in a second bet in this game Mr. Jordan Poole you alluded to that I was going to do this in the game video um, you can get under 23 and a half points kind of scary but minus 103 on Caesars where you get the best odds there you can take the PRA the rebounds and assists added there under 31 and a half also really good odds minus 105 on DK so they are uh, tempting us to take an under because I, I maybe they, the odds thinks that that you know Jay Poole is going to have a little bit better game than I think. Um, LAC right now, the Clips are killing shooting guards um, all season long and in the last couple of weeks, especially number two in limiting points, number five in limiting rebounds, number six in limiting threes, all the things, obviously, that the way uh, main way Jordan Poole wants to score. Um, and then shooting guards against them since Russ has returned. I mean, do what you will. Huerter only had 11 points, four boards, three assists. The more impressive uh, feat was slowing down Ant uh, Edwards on the, on the Timberwolves there to only 18 points, four boards and three assists. KCP on the Nuggets. I mean, Jamal Murray only had 21 points. I say only because that's under this prop. But he did have 12 assists. And KCP is the shooting guard. And he did get the bulk of the minutes at shooting guard and didn't get close to this prop either. Not quite as comparable. But uh, I also just love that Jordan Poole is much better on the road right now. Uh, in his last 10 games, uh, the last 10 of each of these games that he's played, whether on the road, in his last 10, 24 points, four and a half assists and three and a half boards. At home, seven fewer points at 17 a game. A few, uh, One more assist in the same exact same number on, on the rebounds there. Um, and all those numbers that he's had at home as of late are the same numbers that he's been having against the Clippers as well. 17 a game in his last four versus the Clips um, and then four and a half assists as well. I know he had a really good game on the road versus them last time. But once again, that was on the road. And I am pretty focused on his uh, his splits where they're way worse at home. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dogged defenders on this Clippers team now. I don't count out Russ in terms of the effort. PG could switch on to Poole um, and Terrence Mann if he gets some minutes off the bench. But, yeah, it's a question of who is their main priority. Because, yeah, they really got the ball out of Ant's hands early there against Minnesota. Uh, are they going to be doing that with Clay or with Poole? I mean, they have done a good job on Poole, like you mentioned. I think if he goes under this, he might go well under, like even under 20 points, as has been – the average, so maybe an alternate line here. Uh, and I wish there was a player performance double to take pool under and Clippers win because I think he's so essential to what the Warriors have to do um, to, to win this game at home. But another guy who's been a key to what they're doing is Dante DiVincenzo, who's really spiked in terms of his playing time in the last three. It might be scary because his game log shows he hasn't gotten this prop at all consistently but he hasn't been playing 36 minutes consistently either I'm talking eight and a half rebounds and assists um, his scoring is at 12 and a half points and he is averaging 19 in his last three here along with five rebounds and four assists as a per 36 guy we're talking almost six rebounds four and a half assists uh, also for his career yeah he's at 11 he's just kind of that 
that extra hustle guy, the, the cutter, the make the extra pass, uh, fits in really well with the Warriors' offense because of that. And, you know, in home games where the Warriors are much better on offense, since February 1st, 15 points per game, three rebounds, four assists. So it is below that that average. That's why I'm saying you might shy away from this. But, uh, you know, I, we, we too often maybe look at, look, this guy's getting it every single time in his game log. Instead of trying to think ahead and say, you know what, DiVincenzo's role is growing. He's played 35 and a half minutes and has been a plus 38 in these last three home games. So uh, I got to assume Steve Kerr continues to give him a, a good amount of run here, especially against a Clippers team that plays these small ball lineups. And, and ha- you need a guy like DiVincenzo out there to, to, to play two ways. Yeah, um, I mean, if you like points, dude, I mean, you might as well take the points for DiVincenzo at 12 and a half. I think that's, you know, that that the numbers basically indicate that 12 and a half points is slightly below what you would expect him to get, similar to how maybe you expect him to get a tick more than the, the rebounds and assists. And if you like points, seems like maybe that's where he can also help out a ton. Um, I, I'm. I would take the points for, for Dante, to be honest, but you do get the better juice on the rebounds and assists. Um, and if, if he's going to be a playmaker, though, you're kind of screwing my bet up uh, about Jordan Poole not scoring because that means he's probably going to score a bit more. So we'll see. Maybe uh, some con- some con- con- uh, some contrasting thinking is what I'm trying to say here uh, in this game. But I'm going to move the one prop we have, uh, move on to the one prop we have in a different game here. Jakob Pertl, back to the Pertl well. Um, he did disappoint last time, although he did cover his points prop uh, at 14 points last time, which was over the 12 and a half. It's now at 11 and a half points for him um, at minus 106 on Caesars. You can throw the double-double in there. It's also 20 and a half points and rebounds if you want to throw that. I obviously have just gotten cold feet since he got three boards. It's like it was so traumatizing that Pertl had three boards the other night against the Bulls. But maybe we should believe the Bulls in that they're the, now the best rebounding team in the league because they've been that for like a month. So I guess that's part of it. Um, Tonight, it's going to be a... a, a situation where he's going to be on the floor. He actually only got 26 minutes against the Bulls the other night, which was a problem. We talked about in the game video when he gets 30 minutes, he's definitely, you know, he, he's almost always hitting his props, at least with the the, the Raps so far, who are five and six with him, uh, by the way. And, and you can one. expect the... the I'm sorry, five and one. Thank you. Five of six that they've won with him. Um, with uh, And then they're playing a, a team tonight in, in the Zards where Gafford has been on the floor starting with Zinger when he's in there, Porzingis. Um, and so you can expect both those guys to be out there consistently as it's worked pretty well for them, actually. Uh, and that means you need your seven-footer out there. Like You're only seven-footer if you're the, the Raptors. Um, his last game versus the Zards, he only had 22 minutes in a Spurs tank, seven boards, uh, seven points and five boards. But the game before that, uh, where he was trying a bit more uh, in, against Washington, 28 points, 11 boards, and actually eight assists in in more than 41 minutes, uh, which was in Washington as well, where this game is. So um, probably a good scenario for him where he seems to like playing here. I I like the points at 11 and a half just because I think they're way too low. And even if he does get seven boards, likely that's going to lead to a few putbacks. Um, And just he's scared. He traumatized me by getting three rebounds in a game that he should have had way more. So that's why I'm saying it. Yeah, I think Josh is just affected by recency bias in that case. And I think the rebounds are good here isn't it just eight and a half rebounds on its own too it, yeah. like i would i would buy low on that i mean i talked about in the game video washington's 28th in defensive rebounding rate over their last six they they're really poor offensively since the break and they've really struggled in their last three against toronto last year scoring just 98 a game so i think more opportunities for him to board and more playing time because like you mentioned they they start three guys six ten and over in the front court. So I could see him playing 30 to 37 minutes again here. 
Yeah, definitely. Don't don't fail us now, Pirtle. I believe in you, baby. So that's all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along as we are coming back to you guys to finish the week tomorrow with those player props and game videos. So until we see you next, happy betting. We'll